I am a god, you dull creature! We are not doing Get Help. I have been falling for 30 minutes! I assure you, brother, the sun will shine on us again. I'm just a huge fan of the sport. Can't see into the future, I'm not a witch. No? Why'd you dress like one? I am Loki of Asgard. Puny god. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, the show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Loki season two is upon us. I know we've been gone for a little while. Life happens. You guys know what's up. But as soon as there's a new Marvel Disney Plus show, we're, we're back. And joining me, as always, we've got Chris, the Sound Lord himself. Chris, That's welcome. That's me. Hi. And Peaches, the Peach Lord himself. Hi, hello, that's, that's me. He's Hi, got a Dumpy. Not, not, now you know who we are. <laughs> that's what makes him the Peach Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I will not confirm or deny this. And Shake is, that thing. Is that the sound of a warp pipe? Uh, <laughs> it's the Luigi Sound Lord himself, Danny. Danny's here. Hi, Danny. What up, guys? He's. <laughs> Here. It's Digital Dan today. <laughs> digital Dan? <laughs> yeah, we're... I'm Digital Dan. <laughs> Joining us from, I'm going to name a random town in New Jersey, Hackensack, New Jersey. That's that, a place. Okay. <laughs> you, you got a name okay, right. Chucky. Not where he is, but a place. <laughs> Dude's been watching uh, season one of Chucky on Peacock. Oh, is that? <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Peacock. Yeah. <laughs> the Peacock Lounge specifically, where David S. Pumpkins is. How's it hanging? <laughs> <laughs> I walked thing, by it the other day. And... I am both not with you, and it's not a, a video. Uh, oh yes, visual for the platform, for so. the for those of you that can't see what we're doing right now. <laughs> imagine Danny on a computer screen, uh, doing the finger gun crossover thing that David Pumpkins does. There you go. Also, he has yeah, a. Mustache. And if you're wondering what David Pumpkins is, it's his own thing, <laughs> and we're part of it. so we finally get back to some good disney plus marvel shows because loki (sighs) season two is here today we're going to talk about season two episode one ouroboros directed by justice benson and written by eric martin wasn't it nice to want to watch something again (laughs) uh yeah it man sorry everyone that loved secret invasion yeah all two of you yeah there's tens of us (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, we'll just jump right into it, and then we'll uh, kind of cover some of our thoughts as we go along. Season 2 premiere jumps right back into the action. Loki appears in the TVA of the distant past, where neither Mobius nor B-15 not only don't recognize him, but they send people after him thinking he's an intruder. Since we know the TVA has been hunting Lokis for a while, the curious fact that they don't even recognize him should tell us how far back in time Loki has gone. In trying to escape the TVA agents chasing him, Loki jumps into a mail cart vehicle that crashes into one of the buildings, causing one of the timeline monitors to fall and crack the tile on the floor. There he sees Casey, uh, Doughboy, who also... No, no, no. Pillboy. Pillboy. Pillboy, not Doughboy. Doughboy is yeah. a Pillsbury man. Doughboy is a, <laughs> one of the guys on uh, Wild and Out. Oh, okay. His name is Doughboy, <laughs> which is why I said Doughboy. guys on Doughboys. No. <laughs> Pillboy, Pillboy. Uh, there he sees uh, Pillboy, who also doesn't recognize him, and sends for more agents to apprehend him. So did, real quick, did either of you guys rewatch season one? I know you did. Yes, did I you? did. Very I, I, rapidly. Yeah, yeah. Um, watching the finale again before this, 
was the first time I actually realized that the Mobius and B-15 that were watching the screen were different from the Mobius and B-15 that Loki runs into. I did not realize it until I was watching it before this premiere. I was like, oh, they wouldn't have gotten here so fast. So they are very different. So I remember we were discussing, like, is he had a different version of the TVA? And now, now we know the answer is he's in the past the TVA. So that's interesting. Yeah, I definitely had thoughts near the beginning of this episode of did he time travel or did he go to a different universe? Yeah, and I know that that's going to trigger you. So no, no, no. I mean, with with the thing branching out, you know, that uh, I'm 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 untriggered here because okay, that good. was a that's a legitimate possibility is that he was at a different version of the TVA in some other yeah. universe. I think they do a a good job of like showing you over and over like no we really do want to make this problem that we're seeing in this episode about time travel time yeah forward and backward it's mm-hmm. not realities it's time and they like go at lengths to even write it into i don't remember what ob says but there's there's something that ob says to mobius that oh is like almost fourth wall wow that makes perfect sense yes there's no flaw in that logic yes, that. <laughs> I love jokes like that. There's a very similar joke in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, uh, where yeah. um, Splinter is telling the story of how they all mutated. And he goes, because I'm old, I became an, old, an adult rat. You were children, so you became children t- turtles. This all makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm glad you that you brought that up. Not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> like, though. Finally, Good I get movie. to talk about the Ninja <laughs> yeah. Turtles. You know, it's nice to remember seeing that movie. Yes, but uh, no, the the fact that that was uh, that they were different in the season one finale because I was I was thinking watching this like, well, why is there like all this commotion in the past about like the timeline branching? And I was like, oh, I guess if the timeline is branching, that's going to happen. At every time period. Yeah, it happens but at all points, I guess. Are, yeah, but if the screen watching was in one era and then the meeting up with the two uh, is in a past era, then I think that makes it a little easier to... Uh, to not. The, I mean, you know, it's all time travel shenanigans. Nothing really has to make sense other than like a surface level, I think. Yeah. But that, that helps a little bit. Well, it doesn't make sense to the characters either, and that's what I think is brilliant about this episode is that they're like, no, this literally cannot happen here, but it is happening. But it can't happen here, but it is. I had trouble reconciling that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what confused me at first was the fact that the He Who Remains statue is just sitting there in the... That's why I was like, at first, this has to be a different universe. Yeah. Because there he is, and they don't care. They're like... Yeah, that's our that's our boy. Mm-hmm. That's Pillboy. <laughs> yeah, um, but they also say more than once that like most of them have probably had their memory wiped too. So that's why they don't know who that is. So at some point between yeah. the past that we've seen and the present that we've been watching, he who remains decided. You know what? I'm going to make up some robot gods. Yep. <laughs> this is better. I'm going to do that now. <laughs> then I don't have to be here. What do you think about how this like? translates to like a normal person just turning on the newest disney plus show you think that like like they started from loki season two episode not, one not even necessarily that they started from season two but that just like we're ultra nerds so we're super into this like time travel concept and trying to pick it apart and be like oh so it makes sense that he is going back in time in this 
controlled timeline, even though they are able to access every timeline from where they are. But like, do you think like the you know mom and dad sitting down to watch the newest show are gonna like pick up on that? I think if you watched the first season and then you watch this, I think they do a good enough job of explaining it. And I think, like Peaches said, having the characters themselves be confused by it. We're discovering along with them what is happening. No, I, when I saw them be confused by it, I took it, and maybe I'm reading it differently, and maybe this is just the way that I want to read it, is them being like, don't worry, like, don't care about this. This isn't the important part. Like, the, well, I think that's hmm. what Obi's line is right. doing. <laughs> the, 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 the rules about time travel, they're never going to make sense. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the rules of time travel because you're just going to drive yourself crazy. Like I saw a tweet the other day. I don't remember exactly what they were referencing. It was something with Spider-Man and some Spider-Man movie. And they were like, Spider-Man should have just webbed him in the mouth and then pushed him away and did blah, A, B, C, and D. And somebody had quote tweeted it and was like, how do you enjoy anything? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. You, <laughs> you know? Do, do like, you want there to be a movie? Right. <laughs> you know, like, why don't you just yeah. sit back and enjoy what's there are, happening? There are, there are elements of stories that anybody can go, well, if you would have done thing A, B, C, D, then the movie would have blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but no good story is going to be somebody making all of the correct decisions to not have any plot happen. Like, then you're not watching a story. If every single thing was if A, B, C, D, three, whatever thing happened, hey, if Peter Parker just wouldn't have gone to the museum, he wouldn't have got bit by a spider. Movie's over. Yeah, and like I always, I've talked about this before, but I really hate the popular like thing that's happened right now where everybody assumes that every single character is infallible and they never make a mistake. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they would never do that. Why would they do that? They wouldn't think that way. First off, you don't know what they're going to think. Second off, people make mistakes all the time. People learn lessons and then make the same mistake all the time. That happens mm-hmm. constantly. So just because someone learned a lesson and then did are it you, again. that like, Are you a Tony Stark fan now? <laughs> no, he's just a dick. <laughs> and why is a Tony Stark fan now? Wow. I just mean that people uh people get a little too uppity about that kind of stuff sometimes. Uh, people yeah. calling mistakes that characters make plot holes. Yes. Good lord. Good oh lord. my god. <laughs> yes. I feel like this past couple of weeks for whatever reason I've had many opportunities to mourn the death of media literacy. i think like i i'm sure all of us at some point have had some argument on this show just in case anyone goes back and they're like but peaches one day you said this like i'm sure all of us at one point have been like if the character just would have blah 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 sure we're not saying that this kind of stuff never happens but i think for the most part it has to be something really extreme that feels outside of the way the character was written for us to be like no, I don't think they would have done that. Yeah, you know the one that pisses me off the most—the Star Lord thing. No, it's not. A, it's not an MCU one. No. Why didn't they just ride the birds all the uh, way to Mordor? Yeah, of yes. Why didn't they just take the because, the eagles? Yeah, the eagles are just gonna do your bidding, bro. They just they they don't they're not gonna let you walk like fly on their back. Also, Sauron, giant eye in the sky. What would he have seen coming a mile away? Yeah. The whole point one does is, not simply fly into Mordor. <laughs> the whole point is that Frodo is sneaking into Mordor. He is sneaking in there. I feel like the eagle thing is also a blatant misunderstanding of the fact that the eagles are not just animals in the wild. Yeah, that they're like an entire species. That like you'd have you'd have to ag- get them to agree. Exactly, it's like getting the elves to agree or right. the dwarves or anyone else. Like they, you know, they don't just like. 
come to your do yeah. uh, Gandalf's bidding, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, okay, bro, the Eagles should have done it. I want to watch you wrangle an eagle and ride it. <laughs> <laughs> the people who complain about the Eagles in Lord of the Rings are the same people who like Rogue One only specifically because it explained why there was a hole in the Death Star. Ah, Thank you for doing. Yeah, I, that. I had to clarify. Yeah. I was about to yeah. get a little upset. Yeah, I don't like. I don't not. only like Rogue One for that. I dislike all of it. Yeah. No, but there are some people <laughs> who are like, "Oh, here. thank God, Rogue One finally <laughs> explained that plot hole." Yeah. Uh, and the, like, why would there be a design flaw on the Death Star? I don't know. Have you ever dealt with government contracting before? <laughs> have There's you ever a ton of flaws? Have you ever had any job that uses software before? Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, for sure. <laughs> Oh, I forgot to capitalize this. It broke the entire uh, app. Where's the error? Damn. <laughs> uh, damn. Uh, but before the agents can arrive, Loki jumps back into the present. The phenomenon we later learn is called time slipping. It should be impossible do, do, in the do, TVA, do. but <laughs> it's <you>. happening <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> Gonna fly like an eagle. <laughs> to Mordor. To Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Loki wow. asks circle. our present day Casey how long the crack in the ground has existed recognizing that it's there because of him and Casey shrugs and replies it's been there as long as I can remember throughout the episode we encounter a few scenes like this where characters seemingly have gaps in their memory which Loki deduces is because Kang has wiped the TVA employees memories multiple times while Lucky, Lucky. While Loki jumps back and forth uh, through time, Mobius and B-15 are still reeling from the revelation that they are all variants. B-15 is firmly against pruning the branching timelines now that she knows that she could be from one of them and wants to tell the employees the truth about the fact that they have full lives out there somewhere in the multiverse. Okay, one thing about the whole pruning thing, though. If Alioth is not there anymore. Is he still there? I think Goliath is still there. I think they yeah, just, they just like got past him. They they quelled him for a moment. Yeah, they put him to sleep. Okay. With enchantment. Yeah. So that they could get through to the Citadel. So like pruding just sends them there, right? Like we found that out last season. Yeah, yeah. it sends them to the end of time. Uh where they would most likely get devoured by Goliath. Okay. Yeah. Well, when they're called by X5 <laughs> to appear before General Dox and Judge Gamble in the war room, B-15 makes an impassioned plea not to prune the new timelines, as everyone in the room is a variant. She begs them to reconsider, calling their past atrocities. Her efforts are rewarded when Gamble decides that she's right and orders all TV agents to stop pruning timelines, but Dox is upset by the request. Okay, are we going to talk about how weird Dox and X5 are? Super weird. Yeah, are they they're like, like weird? Do you do you think they're related or in a relationship? It, it feels very <laughs> much like, like I don't know. I got I got mommy vibes. Yeah, okay, I got yeah. vibes. I got vibes of for those of you that have seen Game of Thrones and uh, the Vale, the mom, uh, the 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 Lady Stark's sister oh, and yeah. her her kid. How she like really super coddles them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fair. Because it, it, it felt very like, like mommy's going to fix everything, X5, yeah. don't worry. Like yeah. that, That's the vibe I got, and it was weird. It was very weird. I think Loki thought it was weird, or Mobius. Uh, Mobius, yeah. Oh, no, B-15 is watching like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is kind of strange, especially if you consider what um, 
what Mobius describes in the first season as their origin, if everybody is of the belief that they were all created specifically to be at the TVA, those two can't be related. Yeah. Yeah. Unless everyone's brother and sister, you know, Mm. um, like every TVA agent is, but we know that that's not likely true. Um, Oh, this didn't mention. It made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to shut up. Yeah, shut up. Yeah. Sound Lord, unsound. Shut it up, me. <laughs> no more sounds out of you. <laughs> Loki, meanwhile, in the distant past, realizes through the recording device in the war room that Ravona and Kang were once very close, with Kang calling her a marvel and saying Whoa. he would be proud to lead with her. Did that get as suggestive as I was trying for it to be? It did. Good. I feel suggested. <laughs> yeah, I need to change my pants right now. Oh, oh my! Are, are they are they hinting that Ravona is going to be in the new the Marvels film? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, she's she's the secret fourth Marvel. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they actually switch places with four people every time. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, when he time slips back into the present, he reveals that they should all be aware of the oncoming threat. He shows Gamble, Docs, B-15, X-5, and Mobius the truth by using a time stick to prune away the mosaic veneer of the wall, revealing the gold castings of King's face. Docs remains unconvinced and wants the truth for herself. She takes her troops and raids the armory, commanding X-5 to figure out what is going on. She wants to hunt Sylvie down and learn what happened at the end of time. I really like that. I remember the end of season one, we were like, what's happening here? What's going on? Or did they change the future because they killed he who remains and now Kang is all over the TV. Is that what happened? And now it's completely on its head because we find out that they're in the past. I know we talked like touched on this before, but it is really cool to see that like one, the mystery is back in these Marvel shows and it's actually an interesting mystery and not just somebody's fucking watch. And (laughs) it's a mystery. We'll never get over that. Oh my God. I will literally never get over it. We on this podcast are to that watch as I am to that escape room. (laughs) (laughs) I really, uh, (laughs) someone scared Danny (laughs) student loans. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think it's really cool that, that they're heading in a, much different direction than I thought they were going to head in. Yeah. Um, the idea that he once didn't hide who he was while running the TVA is just really interesting. Well, and like, and like, I, what I find the most interesting is that like all the chaos that he talked about at the end of Loki season one, we actually haven't even seen yet. I thought that was it. I thought that by the end of Loki season one, when they show the TVA with Kang all over it, I was like, oh, this is it. Like, yeah, because this was the chaos. This is what he was talking about was coming, but we actually have no idea what's coming. Yeah, because we, because I think we all assumed that there's, oh, he's taken over. One of the Kangs has now taken right. over, but yep. no, it's just, it wasn't. Which is, is this interesting? Is this an obvious thing? And like, I'm just gonna say it, or or am I revealing? something to you guys that you hadn't thought about um you feel like some of these people are in on it like they didn't have their memories wiped i feel like docs maybe uh knows about all of this i mean definitely ravona knew and well ravona went on a quest at the end of the last season to figure it out so i almost feel like Mm. she got wiped but i feel like this, this scene plus the one at the end where they are sending an entire army's worth of people after Sylvie makes makes it seem like some of these people actually knew that the TVA had covered up Kang's uh, involvement 
and have just been keeping it to themselves. Like maybe yeah, he I has a little side army. I'd say it's probably pretty reasonable to assume that like some of the higher ups would know or at least have like a few with the inside knowledge. Yeah, because I, I feel like Doc's. I think Doc's is the one that's like the weird mommy, yeah, right? What is this the uh, the Giver? Yes, you read the Giver. <laughs> it was uh, it was a book that was I think available as a reading option in like sixth grade, but I didn't pick that one. I feel like it's a popular sci-fi trope to have like a society where like they follow very strange rules, but then the people at the top know about the strange rules and know what's really happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the a village, like, village. Um, um, what was that movie? Don't worry, darling. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. There's a show I watched recently on Apple TV called Silo, very similar. Hmm. Uh lots of it's a very common used thing in sci-fi of like the society, the greater society doesn't know what's going on but the guys at the top I, do. Type I feel thing. like it would make sense here. I don't think all 3 of the people that we just met in no, that that sleeping guy, I don't fucking trust yeah. him. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, he's, well, he's up to something. I don't think he or the other woman who I don't remember her name are in on it, but I think Doc's knows. And the way that her like facial expressions were and how quickly she decided to go after Sylvie for this really makes me feel like she's like, "Oh, I know." Like you didn't have to remove that wall. I knew Kang's face was behind it. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too far into it, but um I mean, we have proof that he was interacting with them before, right? He was interacting with Ravona directly. Yes. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if he was still interacting with... Some, well, not he's dead now. But before he got stabbed. Finally reunited with Mobius, Loki tells him everything that occurred at the end of time, his final altercation with Sylvie, and the fact that he who remains made sense to him. Freeing the timeline would only bring chaos and more Kangs. The pruning was all a part of avoiding more versions of Kang who would eventually try to conquer. Notably, the TVA has been having power surges all through the episode, and when Mobius tries to find Miss Minutes, Tara Strong, for help, Loki warns him that she is also on Kang's side in all of this. I didn't realize that Miss Minutes was a person. I feel like they didn't treat her as a person last season. Not this way is like a little AI companion that you can ask anything of. They did she at the did. very end. Yeah, because they're like asking her questions. She was helping Renslayer stall for time at one point. That's fair. And, then- and she also was helping Loki study. Uh, like he was on her. He was on Loki's desk when they invited him to be like a an agent. And he asked her like point blank, so are you real or like a projection? And she said, a little bit of both, I suppose, or something along those lines. Mm. And then he tried to swat at her and she jumped away and was like, stop that. Huh. So I think she exists somehow. Yeah. She's at least on the level of like vision, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Some some form of sentience. Maybe she's like Jarvis. She's the... Like you just said, vision, but more more closely to how vision was before he was in a body. Yeah, a, a more alive version, like like a I would say like a more alive, more advanced version of Jarvis, maybe. What's the, what's the name of the girl that helps uh, Miguel? Uh, you know, Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Mama Coco. Jenny Slate. <laughs> yes, those two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lila. Yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. like Lila. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's probably a good good comparison. <laughs> Jenny Slate. Delilah from the radio? <laughs> hey there. Hey there. <laughs> wow. 
The two decide to go to the repairs and advancements division, uh, hidden deep within the basement of the TVA, and it's there they meet OB. Notably, OB remembers an encounter from 400 years ago when he first met Mobius, who has no recollection of it. OB obviously being played by national darling Kihue Kwan. I love that man. Who is just incredible. He's so, so good, and God bless everything everywhere all at once for bringing him back to us because he's just been incredible ever since. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to see him in this. He, he is a delight. He was wonderful in that movie. Very much deserved that Oscar win. Um, so exciting that was. And uh, Yeah, he was one of two deserved Oscars from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> And I love him in the Goonies. Yes. That's what I said. Booty trap. <laughs> Booty trap. Yeah. No, I, I I love him in this. He's already so funny. He's such a good addition to to this cast. Um, so are we to think that he's managed to avoid having his mind erased all yes, these times? Yes, because he's yeah. just like down in the basement at all times. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay, yes, because he's remembering from the exact from. Presumably the same time period that Mobius doesn't remember. Uh-huh. Right, 400 okay. years prior, yeah, at so, least. Yeah, so so he's just kind of like a forgotten guy. Well, an Ouroboros is uh, you know one of those dragons that eats itself. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Do you think he eats himself? Well, no, but I mean, maybe he's a never-ending cycle. Oh. Time is a flat circle, et cetera, and so forth. I, wanna, I want episode two to just be him eating himself. Wow, that's I don't think that I don't think they can show that on TV. <laughs> Not on Disney Plus, they can't. <laughs> I want to play a game. <laughs> Everyone at the TVA seems to have their memories wiped, but OB obviously keeps track of time at the TVA, and when Loki slips into the distant past, the OB of the past has yet to get his nickname from Mobius. This implies that Loki is more than four hundred years in the past. With Loki in the distant past having a conversation with the Obi of that time and Mobius in the present having a conversation with our present day Obi, the two versions of Obi figure out that Loki needs a temporal aura extractor in order to pull Loki from time and ground him in one place. It's dangerous, requiring Mobius to expose himself to temporal radiation, which can melt his skin off, and requiring Loki to prune himself in hopes of grounding himself in the present. The skin was such a great running gag. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm alive, but the, what's the quality of life like with no skin? <laughs> uh, I think the funniest was when several minutes later, when Obi's talking to Loki again, he's like, and Mobius will lose all his skin. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole uh, the whole sequence of the two simultaneous conversations and Obi suddenly remembering the past as it was happening it's very fun yeah i like that idea a lot that was a cool way to show loki's perspective on the events that are happening like yeah, yeah. we're looking at at least 400 like 400 plus x years ago mm-hmm. and we're looking at right now but loki is experiencing it as one straight line and and just having that little it kind of makes you wonder like you ever have a moment when you're trying to remember something and you don't for a long time and then it suddenly clicks you're like i wonder if somebody time traveled and yeah, told me you just, know it just happened <laughs> yeah. Yeah. maybe it did just happen in someone else's straight line of their timeline obi realizes that leaving right the multiple branches of the timeline unpruned <laughs> is leading to the temporal loom being unstable 
It's a lot of MacGuffins in this episode, and the Poro looms to be the big daddy of all MacGuffins. Bas- <laughs> <laughs> Robbie? <laughs> Basically, the loom is being overloaded, and it can't handle weaving together too many timelines, as the loom is what transforms raw time into a physical timeline. It's unclear what would happen to the universe without the loom entirely, since it's clear that Kang created it, but chaos seems guaranteed. See, and this is... I want to make Chris angry. This is sort of the confusing part is because I understand the way this is figured out right now and why they are on one timeline in the TVA. What is confusing is how the way Marvel treats timeline versus dimension and the way way it is explained at the end of Loki season one is that if they release all of these timelines, there will be a multiversal war because all of these timelines will create their own dimensions and then that is like the different, like our different timelines, different dimensions. It's, it's confusing as hell, yeah. honestly, <laughs> because it almost seems like there are timelines and separate universes and other dimensions, which are another thing. Cause like in Ms. Marvel, the, you know, the, the gin came from another dimension. And uh, in Shang-Chi, um, Michelle Yeoh lives in another dimension, right? But it's not another timeline and it's not another universe. Mm. Yeah. Um, it is confusing. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and the like the other Spider-Man universes that we have seen are so different that they don't feel like separate timelines. Right. They feel like different versions of a universe. And so what I've how I've kind of just reconciled in my brain is that, you know, they 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 call it in the first season, they refer to it as they isolated the timeline. Um, And I think that, you know, this is something that Kate Heron said, too, is that you can see some timelines in the background that are completely separate from the sacred timeline. So those might be universes where Kang never happens. So, like, maybe, like, the Tobey Maguire universe, there's never a Kang. And in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man universe, there's never a Kang. So, yeah, they're the just... Movie. So, they're just, iso- <laughs> they're just isolated off uh, in different timelines. And now that the timelines can, uh, from the sacred timeline can branch, that's opened them up to the rest of those other universes as well. What does Mobius say... This is completely off base. What does Mobius say to Ob when we he's telling him how fast he's gonna be? Um, when he's uh, what is he, what exactly does he say? Uh, he'll see he's gonna me. hoof it. Yeah, he's like you're gonna you're gonna see me hoof it like you've never seen before or something like yeah. that. And like, like, okay. And I uh, <laughs> I was like, what if I made a game? Who said this? Mobius from Loki or uh, Lightning McQueen? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna plan that for a segment for next week's episode. I yeah. can't wait. Um. So, you, you know, you just jumped into that little quote, but I was gonna say something about the uh, oh, please timeline. No, you have to play thing. the game now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I am speed. Any move is Who not said to play. it? <laughs> uh, you just did. Oh, oh shit. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, anyway, so my thoughts on the uh, timeline and all that stuff. and I don't have any. I don't worry about it. I'll leave that for all of you. 
That's that's smart. Figure it out. That I'm, is the best way to handle it. Yeah. Because here's the thing: is that there's never going to be one way that it makes sense across the entire MCU, and that's going to bother some people. And I think we should just kind of relax, and because time travel in Loki is different than time travel was in Endgame. It's different than it was in Ms. Marvel, where there's a stable time loop involved. Well, and like, it's different, but at the end of Loki season one, Loki brings that up, right? He brings up what happens in Endgame, and he who remains tells him that that was supposed to happen. Like, that whole sequence of events was is part of the sacred timeline. Yeah. So even though it's not doesn't follow the same rules, it's because it's supposed to happen. Like, it is a thing in there that is supposed to happen. Yeah. But, like, the end game, like, everything else we've seen, like, in Marvel, going back in time branches off, creates a new timeline. Although sure. this this time travel that Loki's doing does not. Mm-hmm. It just changes it back to the futures, the, uh, the timeline, <laughs> where things are changing, like, in real time, sort giggity, of. Giggity, giggity. Yeah, so... He's have a little picture of himself with a Mickey Mouse shirt on. He's going to disappear He's a little bit at a time. his hands. <laughs> I think what... Some people are going to be able to accept this and some people aren't, is that whatever is best for the particular story that is being told in the moment, that's how time travel works. Mm -hmm. And that's how dimensions work and that's how multiverse works. Yeah. I almost feel like they could have like a however long it needs to be special where they come out and they say, I know we've said timeline and dimension and universe a bunch of times. We're going to put it all on the table and we're going to explain it to you. Crystal clear right now. I would not watch that. And <laughs> even if they did that and they set the ground rules, there would still be a giant handful of people mm. going, well, this scene and this thing proves that your theory is wrong. And blah, blah, blah. like, I, I'm not about to say like, we just shouldn't talk about it. Cause if it's interesting, I think we should talk about it. But at the same time, it's, it is one of those things where it's like, maybe we just enjoy this. <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, I think we talked about this a long time ago, maybe in the first during our end game, but I brought up that the best example of like talking about uh, like time travel and other dimensions and stuff was Doctor Who. Because anytime it's brought up, he just calls it the wibbly wobbly timey wimey. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. he doesn't explain a thing and he's just like, yeah, you know, it just. Isn't that just the 10th Doctor? It kind of works. I think it is just the 10th Doctor, but I think that's my favorite version of like, (laughs) you know, well, obviously my favorite version of the Doctor, but also, Mm. although Shudigatwa is going to be the next Doctor and he's going to be incredible. This Ken's a Doctor. Do I know who that is? Shudigatwa is in sex education. Um, He was one of the Kens. He was one of the Kens and Barbie. uh, And he has a wonderful personality. I think he's going to do a wonderful, wonderful job as... The doctor. He's the Ken that wasn't graphic and wasn't Shang-Chi. Yo, if you have never seen that actor's name it, it is and not you try spelled, to spell it. It is not spelled how you think it I is. I guarantee you no one on this planet has ever spelled <laughs> this person's name right on the first try. Maybe his mom? I bet. Well, okay. There are probably, one person on there the are probably a few people of that <laughs> culture that probably yes, know how to yeah. say that and spell that name. Okay, that's fair. But I no, I don't think any Americans will know how to spell Shudigatwa. Oh, he's the one that's... Well, no, they're all playing guitar. But he was one of the first ones playing guitar on <laughs> yeah, the beach. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. I need to get caught up on Doctor Who. That's just a sidebar. It's uh, the the stuff with David Tennant's coming out like right now, right? Uh, next month. Okay. The the new... The, the like little... David Tennant as the 14th Doctor. Right. Yeah, that that starts next. But month. that's like a like a three episode like. Yeah, it's like three movies, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that like are a special into. event to lead into Shudigatwa. Yeah, 
Well, everything goes wrong when Loki's time slips again. <laughs> no. This time, into the future, and Mobius must make the dangerous trek out to launch the temporal ore extractor and hope that Loki prunes himself in time. In the future, we can see that the TVA hey, is in, go prune yourself. Is in total disarray. <laughs> at the hey, I'm pr- watching. I'm pruning here. As the time comes for Loki to be pruned, he can't find anyone with a time sick and seemingly resolves himself to be lost in time. He approaches a ringing phone in front of an elevator, and he's surprised when he sees Sylvie prying open the doors of an elevator. She's relieved to see him. Right then, he is pruned by someone unseen and just in time to land back in our present day. This is Prisoner of Azkaban, isn't it? I don't know, but there's a lot of questions with this. You scene. think this is Loki pruning himself? I think this is yeah. I think this is Loki pruning himself. I think that's, this is, that's one of them. You think it's Loki? I think it's Loki. I think that's why she's like, oh, oh there you are, because Loki is supposed to be there and she's she's with him. Huh. I think that is Loki behind him pruning himself. That makes sense. That was my uh, thought as well. Interesting. I mean, that would be a that would be a sneaky little twist. Who do you think's calling? Um, Why do you think the maybe it's ringing? Loki himself? Maybe it's literally just Prisoner of Azkaban, and he's like, <laughs> "Why is it Loki going to the elevator? Why am I not going to the elevator? Somebody's supposed to be calling him right now. Wait, I'm uh, supposed to be calling him. He, and that's he, his Patronus. Yes, his Patronus. The is phone calling, call. The Patronus. <laughs> Expecto Patroki. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a frog Patronus. Okay. <laughs> Expecto Patroki. Yeah, and that's and that's a different Sylvie than we see at the end of the episode in the post credits. Like at least different hairstyle. It uh, is at the very least the Sylvie in a different spot in her timeline. That's her the Sylvie who timeline. remains. Yeah. 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 Sylvie who remains. Not Sylvie Who. <laughs> Not a dead Who. Sylvie Who's remains. Please cut this out. Please cut this out of the future. Uh, got her stroking on my wand. Call it Expect Up a Strokey. <laughs> I'm not cutting that out. Yeah. Why would I cut that out? <laughs> the people need to hear that. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> people pay to hear that. <laughs> people pay not to hear that. <laughs> Extortion. Give us all your money. Here's what, I'll do. Here's what I'll do. I'll bleep out what you said, and then we'll charge $10 for everybody. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> there we go. The episode ends with a mid credit scene that takes us to 1982. Sylvia arrives in Broxton, Oklahoma, and we see what she that she is on a branch timeline. Marvel Comics savvy fans will know that Broxton serves in the comics as the home to Asgard, where Thor resides, a floating city that exists right outside the small Oklahoma town. Sylvie walks through a field and ends up at a local McDonald's, surrounded by people enjoying their McNuggets and Big Macs. Sylvie feels a sense (laughs) of peace seeing the people happy. You're right, new McNuggets. When the employee asks what she wants, she replies wistfully, I want to try everything. (laughs) (laughs) That song's about McDonald's, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It's not empowering about... Trying new things, yeah, even if you fail. They just love McDonald's yeah, just, so much. Filet of fish. <laughs> yeah, because the fish don't talk in Zootopia. That's, <laughs> that's the only animals they can eat without feeling sad. Jeez. <laughs> what did you guys think of the episode? Oh, I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. It's and good. I think this is a good discussion to have to talk about. At least for me, watching this episode made the past few Marvel shows that we have watched worse. <laughs> like I, <Ouch. laughs> like I think Secret Invasion 
has like I think I want to lower my score again. <laughs> like I think it is incredible that they are of such like there's such a stark contrast in quality from these programs and sort of an understanding of like I think a big part of that is that I don't enjoy the flavor of stuff like Falcon and the Wonder Soldier and um, Secret Invasion. I'm not really into sort of the government anything or like military operation type stuff. So that doesn't appeal to Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And I find stuff like this so much more interesting and enjoyable. Um, I also just find that the characters are so much more fun and not just like ha ha fun, but they're more like interesting, and the the world that they've built is so interesting that you know the everything kind of works together. Whereas it felt like some of the aspects of like Secret Invasion, for example, were like working against itself. Mm-hmm. They had some of these great actors, but they weren't giving them a lot of room to work with. They were like, here, let's get um, what's Daenerys' name? Um, uh, Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Let's get Amelia Clark, and then let's have her do almost nothing for the whole show. Like it just—it felt like they had all of these—they had all these great ideas, and they capitalized on none of them. Whereas Loki feels like somebody that has a vision, that has like a you know, like oh, this is how these people get together, and like we we actually screen tested this, and this actually works as a thing rather than just putting something out there. I don't know how much money was involved in Loki, but I am immediately thinking of that conversation that Chris brought up when we were recording our Secret Invasion episodes about how much money was spent on Secret Invasion. Immediately, my thought was, do you think they're just pouring a bunch of a bunch more money into Loki because they they think that show has a better chance? But we know how much money they poured into Secret Invasion, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's not it. I think it's. If you look back at all the Disney Plus shows, the best of the best have been the ones that have taken swings. Loki, WandaVision, She-Hulk. Um, Moon Knight. Put Moon Knight in the conversation mm-hmm. there as well. And then there have been a few that have been fun, good. They're not not great, but not terrible. Uh, you know, I would, Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel. They were fun in their own ways. They certainly don't reach the heights of those yeah, other ones we mentioned, are, but they're good. I think like the beginning of Miss Marvel, what I would put in the first category, and then like some of the other episodes, like yes. half of Miss Marvel is in that first category, and half of Miss Marvel is in the second category. Yeah, yes, I yeah. would agree with that. I would agree with that for sure. I think the that's first same thing about Hawkeye fantastic. actually too. No, you think all of Hawkeye is mid? No, but I, uh, if Hawkeye was about um, Florence Kate, Pugh and Kate Bishop. And Kate Bishop it would be a perfect show for me, mm-hmm. but it is not. It is about this man that I don't care about, mm. and a watch, and a watch that I that I really <laughs> don't care about, about. Speaking of time, yeah, <laughs> time. It's Miss Minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's just disappointing a little bit when you when you have the grand scheme of things and you're like, here's a thing that is so likable, so cool, so easily likable. And right before it, we had something that was so hard to try to like. Yeah. And it's almost like I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Like, am I a dad? <laughs> like, am I Marvel dad Marvel? Like, well, you, you you say it so well that, like, you have to try. Like, I felt like we all tried really hard to like Secret Invasion. Yeah, we're not out here shitting on it yeah. for no reason. No. Like, we, we, we gave it a shot. to find a few things here and there that yeah. we did like about yeah. it. Yeah. And it's just a shame that it did not come together. Yeah. But know? then something like this, like, there's weirdness with time travel involved. And, uh, you know, it has not swayed. Like, 
everything about this episode for me. The Natalie Holt, I love you. She's back. Her, her, all her music in this. Oh. There was like one part I pointed it out to you guys. Maybe I don't think you were here yet. Maybe you were. I don't remember. But they, Chris was watching the episode just before we started recording here, and there's one part where she sneaks in the bum 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 bum. Oh yeah, that was right when yeah. that was right when Loki comes out of the time out of loom, the, yeah. the temple yeah. loom, yeah, and hits Mobius back into the doors. Yeah. The, mu- the music's amazing. The visuals are amazing. The show's so fucking yeah. pretty. Well, and that's the thing. So, like, Marvel... I, I think video games is a good description of this. So, like, Marvel and... Or not Marvel. Um, Secret Invasion and Loki. Uh, if you take, like, video games, I think, like, a popular conversation right now with video games or, like, just in general is, like, graphics versus art direction and, like, mm-hmm. how much more you can do with you have good art direction with less graphical capability. And I feel like this is a good example of, like, you can pump as much money into Secret Evasion as you want, but if you don't have someone with a vision with good art direction, it's going to look flat like it kind of did the whole time. It looked gray and looked kind of boring. Whereas Loki, I, I'm not sure what its budget is, but it has very strong and clear art direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, that's to its benefit. It has a very distinct look. Mm-hmm. I mean, the TVA itself has such a distinct look. Uh, it's one of the most distinctive locations I think in anything Marvel has done, um, you know, it, it really, you see a picture and you go, oh, that's, that's from Loki. That's TVA. And mm-hmm. Like it's, it very, you know, it's iconic in a, in its own way. Do you remember a few years ago when they, DC tried to put out that like mockument, not mockumentary. What's the, is that like the office style show is called? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah they tried to make a mockumentary Powerless, style. Was that what it's called? Yeah. Yes. About the like insurance agency. Yeah, that the, Wayne yeah. Tech owned. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. The show did awful. It didn't do very good. You know what I would watch is a mockumentary style TVA show. Yes. Of just yeah. like yeah. the people that work in like the office of the TVA. Like I'd watch that. I'd that, watch I mean, Pillboy. I think, that, yeah, yeah, that, that exactly. would get us more Eugene Cordero <laughs> and that would be Boy. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be sick. Just for that. Um, you know, the I think the characters on this show are distinct and interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dialogue, I think, is well written. Uh, even this is a new set of writers, but it's still still good. Uh, still good writing. The performances, I mean, Owen Wills, I mean, they've got a great cast, first yeah. of all. Yeah. And they're all giving great performances. There are some... One of the funniest bits for me was when they're in the elevator and he slips... And Moby's like, okay, but I, you got to stop. I can't look at this anymore. Like, you said it looked fine. He goes, no, it looks looks like you're dying and being born at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And then it, it is like, what do you think? And it pans over. And there's somebody else in the elevator <laughs> yeah. who just looks petrified. It's so good. That was so funny. That was such a funny gag. Now that's comedy. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, this episode was written by Eric Martin, former Rick and Morty writer. So, you know. A former that. Rick and Morty writer writing for Marvel? <laughs> that never <laughs> happens. Whoa. <laughs> crazy yeah i i I was gonna mention that moment um er, early in the episode after uh, the car crashes in and falls down and plummets (laughs) he'll be fine yes (laughs) as this person just plummets for who knows how long um owen wilson mobius just writing skin (laughs) on that monitor (laughs) <laughs> and then that actually coming back and being meaningful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, it was very funny. Um, I, I think like shows like this, like this episode, first season of Loki, those, you know, 
I find myself thinking about them. Like, you know, it's been a week since this episode came out. And I've, I've been thinking about it, like, on and off. Whereas, like, Secret Invasion, watch the episode, it's basically out of my mind. It's gone. I yep. It. I, yep. I, I, like, I absorb it, and then it's gone. There's nothing Well, and, really... like, when I hear Secret Invasion, I don't feel good. Like, I hear Secret Invasion, <laughs> and I go, ugh. Like, you know? Like, I just... <laughs> Half the time, I still accidentally call it Secret Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think... Chris, you'd mentioned in a uh, uh, we were talking about the show uh, right after the episode released, and yeah, yeah. you mentioned how it like visually it looked kind of distinct from the first season. Yeah, I think you get these the new directors coming in, Benson Moorhead, who actually they did direct a few Moon Knight episodes, one yeah. or two, I think. Um, so they obviously have their own style. Um, I, I I think it really it really works for me. Uh, just the the camera movement. Uh, there's the the scene where they're all heading down to the temporal loom, and the camera is leading them, uh, facing them, go, going backwards down the hallway. They're having this conversation. Obi's talking about the guy that he wrote, um, and just like as they're going through, then they stop when they get to the door. The camera pans over and starts zooming in yeah. on the uh, the big, not X Men door that leads into the room. I'm glad that that and is everyone's like... reaction to that door, by the way. <laughs> yeah, We've all Cerebro. independently called it Cerebro. <laughs> Angela yeah. said the same thing uh, when we watched it. I just like the dynamic camera uh, movements. Um, they, they put a film grain on it. <laughs> yes, so it I noticed gives that. It that. It really fits that, like the aesthetic of the TVA where it's like that retro future type thing. Uh, I just think it really, it looks great. Um, so shout out to them, the cinematographer, uh, Isaac Bauman. So thumbs that, up, guys. Look up what That's, Isaac Bauman's done. That scene specifically I'll reminded tell you right me. I'll right now, I have his IMDb up. Okay. It specifically reminded uh, me of the sixth episode of Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. Uh, the one take one? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it makes me think of the West Wing. It's a, it was a, it's a walk and talk, <laughs> you know? Yeah, walk and talk. Yeah. Well, so... Uh, he was cinematographer on the music video for Too Late, um, the weekend after hours. Oh, uh, that's the one with the two women with the plastic yeah, surgery. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one's terrifying. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's I like, like that one music of the scariest video. Ones. Like he's done, it looks like he's done a few horror things. Okay, Deliver Us, Haunting of the Queen Mary, uh, a lot of music videos. That made for a good section in that weekend in the weekend house as yeah. well. And that's where the frog yeah. was. We have mm-hmm. recently learned. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, the tarantula. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Right. Oh, that's right. right. It was a tarantula yeah. last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I I thought I noticed as well. Angela pointed it out. You know, after we finished watching, she's like, "Yeah, it's definitely a different director." And in rewatching it today, I was really noticing. It feels like there's a lot more handheld camera as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of close-ups. Um, a lot of like where someone is framed right in the center of the frame. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's just very, very different from the first season, but I, I think it's going to work. I, I, I'm I liking it so far. Yeah, a lot of like slow zooms in and out. Yeah. <laughs> I am curious with this oh, episode. Oh, go ahead, Danny, if you have more. Oh, I was just going to say the, the one shot where um, Mobius steps out into the temporal loom in his big old suit which i love that look. yes <laughs> uh and just like how it zooms out uh as it like it opens up i thought that was a good shot 
Oh, yeah. I like that. But right in front of the Cerebro doors, there's a warning on the ground that says, <laughs> if you cross this line, chance of spaghettification increases by 7,000%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting that... Um, the, I, I didn't watch a lot of previews for this show, um, as I normally don't. Um, but they do... They did lay it on heavily that the the plot, at least of the first episode, was going to be this time-slipping thing that happens to Loki. And I am not upset about the fact that it's seemingly already done, but it did feel like a thing that was going to keep happening to him. It mm-hmm. felt like maybe that was going to be like a central plot thing that Loki was going to have to deal with through the season. I don't know that it's not, but it seems like it's already over. Yeah. And so that's there was a little misdirecty to me, but I don't think it changed the way I felt about the episode. It was just kind of like, I expected this to not get solved. Yeah. I feel like it could get annoying if it goes on for too many episodes. Yeah. Because then you're just separating Loki from the rest of the characters a lot. Sure. But you could see with that interaction that he had with OB that that could work out for their benefit in some situations. Yeah. Um, you also got to wonder why is it happening? Yeah, that's true. Is it just because yeah, he I got kicked really... through a door? Yeah, he got kicked into the past TVA. <laughs> that's that's interesting, right. In itself. So maybe we're yeah. not done with it. Maybe they're going to explore like how it even happened. In yeah, the first place. I, I'm sure that it's gonna, it'll probably be part of you know what propels them forward, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing too is why is Sylvie going to Oklahoma? Not not specifically for McDonald's, Oklahoma, just going Danny. anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> right. On a branch <laughs> like timeline. Yeah, like we left off. You know, she killed he who remains, and I, I guess we don't really know what her plan was. But is she going to <laughs> stay there at the end of time, or what's she going to do now? I guess explore freely now that uh, she doesn't have to worry about the threat of. He who remains leading the TVA trying to prune her. Maybe she Uh, just wants to go live a nice life on a branch timeline somewhere where she couldn't before. Settle down. Yeah, settle down, get a nice job at McDonald's. farm in Oklahoma. Yeah, there we go. She tried everything, and then she was like, all right, I guess I should go find Loki now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I got got to say that McDonald's, I know it's product placement and everything, but... It hit me in the nostalgia oh, yeah, of my brain so hard because late 80s McDonald's and early 90s McDonald's are the same. Uh, yeah. So like the the windows, the lighting, the the yeah. menu board with the individual letters, you know, put up yeah. on it to, mm-hmm. you know, to spell out hamburger, uh, you know, just the way they were dressed, hamburger. the way the seats looked, everything <laughs> about it, it was just... Like, oh my gosh, it, t- it took me back to like when I was in kindergarten. No, there, there's something so homey about like going to a fast food restaurant as a kid. And like my my family uh, really loved Wendy's when I was growing up because I had like a couple of my family members worked at Wendy's as like their first job. So mm-hmm. we went there a lot and we would sit in that little sunroom that like only Wendy's. Yeah, had. yeah. Yeah, like something about Chili. like an old mm-hmm. like... like being young and going to a fast food restaurant and sitting inside just like hits different, you so, know? Something Angela and I complain about a lot. And this is, you know, part of why we you are can't go into the play place. Uh, well, yeah, that. Um, <laughs> McDonald's, uh, no, fast food places in general are boring now. They all look the same. Yes. They're mm. all these big flat square buildings with bright fluorescent lights. Um, 
they're they're just painted differently. Like this one's red, so it's a KFC. This one is a different shade of red with gray, so it's a McDonald's. Hmm. Uh, you know, they they any one that has been built since like the year two thousand is so boring compared to what they used to be. You want like the old Pizza Huts back that yes. were shaped like the logo? Yes. I want distinct shapes. I, love- I want distinct lighting. I want I want hard plastic seats. Those stained glass <laughs> fiberglass <lens> or, uh, <laughs> chandeliers. Yeah. Oh yeah, like Applebee's. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Pizza Hut had those uh, too, and the red cups. The the yes, red. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Eduardo Bailey and I went to a restaurant, um, like a fancy omakase that offers like an omakase experience, uh-huh. and they had a whole like cocktail menu, and they had I don't remember the name of this drink, but they served it in a sawed off Pizza Hut cup. Oh, that's the amazing! Red, like the red cup that you're talking about. Oh, neat. oh, that's so good. Yeah, I have a picture of it. Let me show all the the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Angela and I, when we lived in, excuse me, uh, we lived in Harrisburg. There was a sushi place that was in an old Pizza Hut. Have you ever like found a restaurant that used to oh, be a yeah. Pizza Hut? I think that is why they you have that cup. Know. I think oh, the place that be... I'm, I think the place that I'm they talking about them? used to be in one. Yeah, That's so funny. They're just yeah. like, uh, we're closing down. Leave the, leave cups, the cups behind. <laughs> we don't have room. There's like a. Was there a book? There's a website. There have been used books. to be a Pizza Hut. Um, <laughs> Several. Oh yeah, there. Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, listeners, look, look into my phone right now. Okay. You guys, y'all see this? Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I can kind of see it. Let me, let me see that thing. Oh wow, that's definitely a Pizza Hut cup. Yeah. Can't deny it. Not only is it red, but it says Pizza Hut on it. Yeah. <laughs> Very large logo. I don't remember what that drink actually was, but there's lots of um, whipped cream on top, and it looks like cinnamon. So, and there's an orange peel. So, maybe something creamy. And, hmm. I don't know. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna search because I I think I remember you maybe sent that to our food group chat. All right. While you're while you're searching that, I there is a video, YouTube video I watched a while ago called The Rise and Fall of Fast Food Architecture from Stuart Hicks. Okay. Uh, Are you going to recommend this video? It's all about McDonald's. Um to you right now. <laughs> okay. But it's, it's not, not my official. recommendation. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Unofficial recommendation for anybody interested in The Rise and Fall of Fast Food Architecture. But yeah, he goes <laughs> through like the history of McDonald's and how like the the building shapes and you like layouts and all that kind of evolved as the business evolved and as like technology cars whatever all that kind of changed things uh it's really interesting so chris you'd like it yeah that sounds since you're passionate about how boring fast food (laughs) buildings are now i'm gonna look for that i can't think of any though that i can't think of any other ones though that were that different from each other other than like pizza hut and the wendy's because of the sunroom and like mcdonald's just having play places more often like what else Taco Bell was different. Taco Bell used to have the like, yeah, I mean the like '90s, like the turquoise and pink, like furniture and everything. Yeah. Um, huh. Yeah, I, 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 no. I, um, yeah, there are there are two eras of Taco Bell before the the era that we're in right now, and I I would take either of them back. The one with the brown logo with the very symmetrical mm-hmm. bell, and then 
like when they the the brown the, logo the for them makes one. more sense. Yeah. Um I found it by for the way. Um <laughs> I in our Oh god. You're gross. <laughs> um, you're gross. <laughs> Stop it. So Juju is the name of that, that place. It's yes. Friend of the show Lindsay went there. That's yes. that's where I'd seen it before. Yes. They cuz they also have a drink that comes in a Godzilla. Yes, we got that one too. And my, they my gifted res- that one to us. My response to that was two things I love: repurposed Pizza Huts and surprise Godzillas. Yes. So you can't say I'm not consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. Oh, that does yeah. look familiar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, about, we're talking about old, old. Uh, welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> now the bit is revealed that you have been gone. Eduardo has been gone this whole time <laughs> while we've been talking about <laughs> fast really food architecture. Sidetrack. Yeah, we were stalling <laughs> the whole time. Could you tell? <laughs> I mean, I don't think the only clue was that he was not chiming in. Yeah, I think. yeah because <laughs> we always go on tangents like this. Yeah, because anyway. you definitely would have talked about Juju because I was telling him about the Pizza Hut cup. Ooh, yeah. That one drink came in. Juju yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I said Juju on the beat. Do, 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 do. Does that mean nothing to you? <laughs> jamming on the ones. Jamming on the ones. Uh, Juju on that beat by Zay Hilfiger. <laughs> I don't you know, know that one. Brother of Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Depends on what's written on his underwear. So where do you guys think this is going? Where do you... Th- oh, God. All right. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> We're gonna get DMCA'd. It's gonna sound awful. Uh, where do you guys think? Where do I think it's going? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. Loki, <laughs> season two, episode two. <laughs> Classic yeah, Danny answer. Yeah, that queued up. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> the question is not where is it going, but when. Oh. oh wow. Yeah. When is it going, Danny? Tomorrow uh, night at nine o'clock. Tomorrow night, I think. <laughs> Man, um, tough to say though, right? Like actual answer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so many ways. Okay, so so obviously, their Loki's main goal is to find Sylvie. So, whoops, gotta find her somewhere in Oklahoma, Braxton, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. By the way, I don't think that the uh, Asgard stuff is gonna come into play at all. I think no. that's just a. Fun I think it's just a nice nod. nod. Yeah. yeah. There, there's that's way too ridiculous to try and do that. Uh, we already have Asgard on Earth. Yeah. In Norway, where uh, it makes sense, damn it. Mom, <laughs> we have Asgard at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, was it? Yeah. So the, uh, yeah, find Sylvie. Um, figure out uh, what's going on with the uh, memories being erased of the TVA agents. Uh, I guess unravel that mystery a little bit. Like, how was it founded? What was going on? Why is he who remains not of a, a visible part of the TVA? What happened to cover all that up? Those these are these are the mysteries that must be unraveled. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Safe to presume from I know we actually didn't get to record our Quantumania episode like we were planning to because. Uh, Oh, circumstances. No. 
Yeah, I, I had to rewatch it and everything. I will uh, not rewatch no. it again. Uh, you don't know <laughs> that. Episode, not for the episode, I Depends won't. Depends on how long we go. I mean, it'll at least be after Loki. Well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but obviously, Quantumania has the post credit scene with Loki and Mobius oh, right. seeing Victor Timely, uh, a, a different variant of Kang that we've oh. not been privy to before. We're going to uh, find so, out that was just a preview for the show, like one-to-one. I bet that scene is in the show. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised at 100%. all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, it, I'm curious to see what it, what makes this particular variant of him so important or interesting. Because uh, we know yeah. that there are a lot of Kangs coming, and we know that because that's the other post credit scene from Quantumania, is, you know, the, the Kang party in the stadium, the Council of Kangs, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> But what's the Kang Party's uh, platform? Um, conquering. No, <laughs> oh, I don't think I'll vote for them. <laughs> no, but what do they think? But are they going to lower our taxes? <laughs> because I might be swayed. Yeah, they, if maybe. they conquer us, there won't be taxes. Yeah. Um, buffering. <laughs> I froze. I froze for a moment. Um, I was remembering something that's happening in the past right now. Uh, oh, oh, you know, I one thing I'm excited Loki about. Season two, episode two. Yeah, what I, one thing I'm excited about is having <laughs> B15 as part of Team Loki this time around. I yeah. think that's going to be an interesting dynamic. I'm I'm excited to see that. Um, yeah, her character development has been good. Yeah, it has remained good. I'm excited. I hope they do more scenes. One of my favorite scenes from season one was when you found out that Loki was DB Cooper and like <laughs> yeah. he that oh, yeah. that whole thing I thought was so funny. And I hope they do more stuff like that. Hmm. Who do you want to see Sylvie as? DB Cooper. <laughs> I don't know. Both, they've both been DB Cooper. <laughs> yeah, I, that one. Just I, I think another like. The, the direction they're going is fun and interesting, but it would have been fun for the show to have just been like Loki and Mobius time detectives. Yeah, I agree. Just, like, I would have that, that show. Yeah. I'd watch that too. Make More that like a, a Like a procedural versus a uh, the serialized thing, but different, di- maybe a different universe we have that. Sure. Yeah. Feels or like, timeline feels or dimension. Like that would be just Doctor Who, but Marvel. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Sure. That's that's going to be if if we ever get our Silver Surfer TV show, that'll be Doctor Who but mm. Marvel because the the Dan Slott Silver Surfer comics, which I've recommended many times, are basically what if the Silver Surfer was the Doctor? Mm. They don't travel mm. through time, but they do travel through space, and the adventures are very much like the Doctor and his companion. Mm. Um, I love those comics. I once again not my official recommendation, but everyone should read Dan Slott Silver Surfer. Hey, with the uh, with that Marvel TV shakeup, yes, maybe I was we'll get more. Gonna ask if we we're gonna talk about that rope at sure. all. I'm not gonna lie to you; I did not read the article. That's fair because so, work. There is a there's an article in the Hollywood Reporter um, today, and just gonna briefly summarize it as best I can. I read it this afternoon uh, a while ago. Uh, so first of all, it has come out that they are restarting Daredevil: uh, Born Again. Basically. Not with different actors, Born though? again, again. Yeah, the, no, they are... You still get Charlie Cox? Yes, it's like the cast is there, but okay. apparently they filmed like six of the episodes or something, and during the writer's strike, they watched them, Feige watched them, and was not satisfied with how it was going. Mm. So they are bringing in new directors and new writers to... 
take that, it in a different direction. That is an interesting project to feel that way about, considering it's the first Disney Plus show that was going to be like eighteen episodes long. Yeah, yeah. So something, so something was amiss there. Apparently, I will never really know exactly what. Um, this is nothing like specific about that, but I did see. I cannot remember who it was. Um, but I saw a writer. I don't think for that show, but just a Hollywood writer <laughs> tweeted something about how the strikes and the new contract had an impact on this oh. because there's new guidelines, requirements for having like the showrunner as a writer and all these things. Yes, yeah, so, they have minimum staffing and stuff now. So I think it it sounds like I don't know if they were speculating or. Uh, I, I don't know. Hard to say who knows what about specific things. It makes but... sense with the other part of this article, which is talking about how they are going to be changing their approach to TV. Because the way yeah, Marvel... probably what they were trying to The do. way Marvel has done TV for Disney Plus so far is very different from almost every other TV show. TV has historically always been a writer-driven medium. And I think that's something we've even talked about back when this all started, when, when the TV show started. You know, the the showrunner is usually the head writer, um, who is often also the creator of the show. And they kind of guide the story, like, from beginning to end. They're in the writer's room, they're on set, they're in the editing bay. Like, they're beginning to end overseeing mm-hmm. that show. This week, I'm your editing bay. That's right. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Golly. Um, um, they kind of made this a little bit more director driven not completely but you know there were a lot of they filmed a lot of these like the way they shoot movies in the sense where like falcon the winter soldier had one director uh loki had one director uh season one uh there are a couple other shows that only had one director maybe two sets of directors or director teams or whatever um wandavision was just one director as well so a lot of times they actually just filmed them out of sequence instead of filming like individual episodes. Going forward, but I guess they've said that they the directors also have not felt like they are in control, though, because so much of Marvel's method in movies and TV has been, if it's not working, we figure it out in reshoots. Mm-hmm. There's been always a lot of additional photography to tweak things. Uh, interestingly, I heard that this... Loki season two was the first MCU project that did not have reshoots. Wow. So I guess they planned it out right from the start. Hmm. <laughs> um, um, that feels like a good thing for us. I agree. Yeah. Um, but going forward, <laughs> the, the way they, the, they put in the Hollywood Reporter is that Marvel is now seeing the, um, the wisdom behind tr- tr- traditional TV structure. And part of that is because <laughs> um, when they did She-Hulk... Uh, Jessica Gao was the head writer of She-Hulk. Um, they kind of took it away from her and, you know, they went on to the directors and things weren't working. So they brought her back for post-production and they were very pleased with how it turned out. Uh, I saw in this article, by the way, that She-Hulk is the fourth highest rated, um, fourth most viewed of all, all the Marvel That's cause it fucking shows. So... Um, it's so fucking suck good. it haters um, <laughs> uh, so if you see someone in a loud YouTube thumbnail saying no one watched She-Hulk they are 
lying. They do not know what they are talking about. And probably a misogynist. Yeah, probably. You yeah. don't have to agree to that, but they, I said it. Oh, yeah, they probably are. They are probably exactly who that show was about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they, it made them see the wisdom of having one creative voice guiding the show from beginning to end. Hmm. So they're it's now... It's so crazy how the traditional model that worked for so long works. Yeah. And um, hey, Daredevil was in that. We're gonna get. I'm gonna get even deeper into the weeds here, just a little bit. Um, the writer strike. This was one issue that was very big. That um, traditionally, you know, they would produce a pilot to get a TV show sold. They would make one episode, say, "Here's here's what our show looks like," and if the networks liked it, they would pick it up. And they'd make more sh- more episodes. Um, in the advent of streaming uh, TV, what they've done instead is they've hired what they colloquially called mini rooms. Uh, to just break the story and actually just write the entire season, and then they just go straight to series. Um, part of what the writer strike was about was about these mini rooms because they're, um, it was kind of unfair the way that some of these writers were being paid, not being compensated properly for all this. So they they got a lot of big changes uh, with this. Part of it is having minimum staffing on certain shows. They have to have a certain number of uh, writer producers. Showrunner is for the first time ever actually a defined term in the contract. Um, so a lot of changes. So that it would make sense that the change in the contract is making them also just from a business standpoint say, well, it's better maybe to do TV shows this way. But they also said they want to do more shows with multiple seasons. Oh, good. Um, so because they said that they don't want every show to feel like it's building up as set up for something. Mm-hmm. And thank God for that because I'm first of all tired of everyone saying, Oh, this is setting up such and such because a lot of times it's not necessarily true. Um, like, I don't think it's fair to say that Ms. Marvel existed only to set up the Marvels. Uh, Cause it was very much telling, you know, Ms. Marvel's story while also preparing her to be in the Marvels, you know, but that's how a lot of people view it. And if they're able to put out more shows that have longer seasons, more seasons that are just kind of letting you get a chance to get to know these characters and stuff without making it feel like this is a must-see event or you won't understand the next Doctor Strange movie or whatever, then, you know, people might they might actually just put out better shows. Yeah. So, so I, as you know, as much as it always sucks to hear, you know, people getting fired uh, from their jobs, you know, it sucks when writers and directors are you know, taken off a show halfway through production. That sucks. And I'm sure the show's going to be delayed now as they, you know, scramble to figure out what can they keep from what's already been filmed because I'm sure they're going to want to try to keep stuff as much as they can while also taking the show in a different direction. But overall, I think it is a healthy change in philosophy for Marvel Studios TV going forward. That was a big aside there <laughs> yeah you did the condensed version said so i'm gonna do a quick summary here we go tell me baby it's all about you know <laughs> buffering uh, what i don't know relative <laughs> relative to his normal tangents uh, yeah. ratings what is everyone gonna rate episode one of season two of loki i'll go first Shit, and i, I will give this. it nine tva soups out of ten, I thought it was great. I don't think it's perfect because I don't like. I don't think it reached the highs yet of last season of like the tens. But I think it was wonderful television, and I'm very excited to continue watching. 
I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to give it 8.5 things I'm having trouble reconciling out of 10. <laughs> um, yeah, just like you, you know, I'm I'm giving it some room to to get even better, but I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Danny, you go ahead. I've got two. I've got two just in case you steal mine. So I was oh, hoping. Okay. Uh, I will also give it 8.5 falling spheres that make <laughs> permanent uh, cracks in the floor of the uh, TVA of 10. What a specific. You know what's crazy, crazy enough? That wasn't one of the two that I had. <laughs> Oh, uh, wow. The Larson brothers, known for being quick and concise. Yeah, that's our shirt. <laughs> Man. I, I, I'm with Eduardo on this one. I'm giving it a nine as well. Nine simultaneous time doors out of ten. <laughs> that was such a funny line. It was a draw. <laughs> yeah. I I think this yeah. episode was great. It really it, it got me excited to watch more Loki. When I rewatched... This happened when I rewatched WandaVision as well, but when I rewatched Loki, I was like damn, this show was so fucking good. Like, it it had me reliving moments, you know? So it's exciting that it's back and really, just really looking forward to seeing what they do with all of the new plot. It's time. Hey. For recommendations. Recommendation jingle. Yeah. (laughs) Do you guys have something to recommend to our listeners to get them through their week? We've been gone for like a month and a half. Yeah, so, so you have to have something. If you don't have something. Yeah, we. I think we got to. I'll go first. Okay. Because I'm talking. Uh, I recommend Saw X. I saw Saw X uh, in theaters a few days ago, uh, and it was really good. I got to say, if you are a person that has watched all the Saw movies, you know full well that like more than half of the victims of Jigsaw are like the stupidest fucking reason. The first few movies, he makes some good points about the things people are doing with their lives. Like, uh, you know, you're going off of the deep end, so I'm here to save you, blah, blah, blah. But then every so often will be like, Eduardo, I want to play a game. You slept in for three additional minutes the other day, leaving your child wondering... Where is my father? <laughs> you have one minute to escape. Like, bro, calm down. Like, he he gets really ridiculous with some of the way they've written characters that are in the the jigsaw's traps. But Saw you X coughed into your hand instead of the crook of your arm. <laughs> right. But in Saw X, like everyone that is a victim fucking deserves it. Like in all the other <laughs> movies, you're kind of like. I think these movies are cool because of the concept, but I'm not rooting for John Kramer. Like, I'm not rooting for Jigsaw to win. Like, I'm hoping that these people get out of it and learn a lesson or whatever. But in Saw X, the whole time, you're like, yeah, John, fucking get him. Like, yeah. God, I hope this trap works. <laughs> like, and it's He's just as, eyes out. it's just as, like, escape roomy, like, gory that, like, the other Saw movies are. Uh, but the whole time, you're like, there's like a sense of righteousness where you're like, yeah, these people really did deserve what was coming to them. Um, and it is maybe, I don't know about highest rated horror movie of all time. Cause horror movies, but horror movies generally have pretty low ratings. Like they're not the most well-received movies. And that's probably some combination of like, not everyone's into horror. And also like budgets of horror movies are usually not as crazy as budgets of other types of movies. 
and I'm pretty sure that it's got like an 87 or something on Rotten Tomatoes or like something in the 80s. And yeah, that's was, crazy for a horror movie in general. It got much better reviews than Exorcist Believer. Right. Didn't that get like a 20 something? That was uh, that was like in the 20% last I saw. So I definitely recommend Saw X. If you're a fan of this, the series in general, you've probably already seen it. But if you're on the fence, go watch it. It's great. Um, you were on the fence, <laughs> so now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also recommend Here's Halloween Horror Nights. Steak. We've been doing Halloween Horror Nights for like the entire time we've it's been available. So I don't know if we've already recommended it, but I do. So yeah, I'm not going to get into it because um, we're already going long here. But shout out to Doctor Oddfellow. <laughs> I'm doing it's top of mind because I'm doing my behind the screams tour tomorrow morning. So by the time you hear this recording, I'll have already. Behind the screamed. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, since it's uh, Spooktober, I am going to give my uh, scary recommendations this month, as I did last year. Uh, so I'm going to recommend two movies today. Uh, two movies that I feel like get brought up together a lot. Um, and I kind of see why, um, even though they're not actually all that similar, I think. Uh, and those movies are Malignant and Barbarian. Um, oh, don't reveal anything. I will not reveal anything. Cover my ears. No, I'm not going to say anything because <laughs> these are two movies. I'm going to help you. <laughs> these are two movies that everyone said, you need to watch this. Don't find out anything about them. So I didn't. And I am so very glad that that is the way I watched those movies. I'm glad you finally watched Barbarian. Too. Yes, I watched Barbarian a couple days ago. I watched Malignant earlier this year, actually. Um, and... Really, really enjoyed that a lot. I like Barbarian a lot too. I think, I think I give Malignant the edge personally. Um, is it? But I liked them both a lot. Um, he edged Malignant personally. <laughs> Wowie! Oh boy! Um, yeah, I. They're R-rated horror movies, so you know, buyer beware. But I, I recommend. <laughs> Yeah, I recommend both, and I and I don't <laughs> want to tell you anything about them, um, except for that uh, they are not going to go like they're crazy. One one of them, you'll figure out what is going on before everybody else, and it's still great when it's when you figure out what's going on. That would be malignant. You figure it out before the characters, at least I did, uh, and when the reveal happens, it's wonderful. Um, and the other one. You think you know what's going to happen, and then something completely different happens. And that happens multiple times throughout the movie, where you think you have the movie figured out, and it takes a swing. You're standing on what you think is one rug in Barbarian, and <laughs> yeah. it gets pulled out from under you, and there's another fucking rug. Yes. You're like, wait a second. Yeah, that is exactly. <laughs> there was one transition that just made me laugh so hard, because I was like, what is yes. happening now? Yes. Um, yes. I know exactly what you're talking yep. about. Exactly. Yep. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about at all because I haven't seen either of these. You movies. need to watch, uh, watch them. I, yeah. I, I again He's recommending them. I recommend them. They are, I believe, they are both streaming on Max at the moment. I have that. Yeah, Malignant is. I thought it was on Hulu. Oh, is but it? I'll check Max. I have that too. It yeah. was on Max. Oh, has it moved? It. Yeah, it was on Max when I watched they it, but again, that was like in January. So, um, Barbarian is on Max. I think it's on both actually. As of two days ago. Hell yeah, brother. Danny, do you have a recommendation? I do. I will. I well. I will second uh, the Sound Lord's recommendations. Good movies. Uh, I will throw in a movie I just watched last night. Um, another October special. 
totally killer. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, it's it, it's a horror slasher film, but it's more of a like a comedy horror horror comedy, whichever order you want to list them in. Uh, it reminded me of like Freaky, the movie with Vince Vaughn, uh, where they do like a body swap type thing. So it's it's got some scares and all that, but it's it's more of like it's like a good it's a good time. Um, basic gist of it it's imagine a slasher movie but throw in some back to the future um there is uh um the 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 main girl played by kiernan ship uh hang on i just looked this up so i could say her name right kiernan shipka uh sabrina from the netflix sabrina the teenager that's where the name sounds uh, yeah yeah um she plays the daughter of Julie Bowen, uh, not Julie Bowen, but the character Julie Bowen plays, uh, who was. She's the one from Modern Family, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, the Claire, Claire Dunphy, that's her name. Yes, in the show. Um, anyway, so she was in high school. The mother was in high school in 1987, and there was a serial killer called the Sweet Sixteen uh, killer, and. It seems like suddenly he's back and somehow, I mean, it makes sense in the movie as much as time travel can, as we've been talking about. <laughs> Kiernan Chipka's character goes back in time to 1987 and she wants to thwart the killer. So that's what it's all about. That but it, fun. It's, it is, it's really fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, and it actually, I think, ties in a little, a little well with the uh, Loki episode that we just watched. Um, so keep that in mind. If you do watch this movie, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's very fun. Like I said, on prime video. So check it out. I will. Sick. Please. (laughs) I think I've recommended this. I don't know if I have or not, but I'm going to recommend it now because it's been a long time and I'm actually going through it now. I would like to recommend cyberpunk 2077. The game that started off really, 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 really bad. They have done update after update after update, and the game is really good now. Uh, it went from being Yay. one of the worst games literally ever to being like one of the best games ever. I don't say that like I don't say that as hyperbole. Like it is uh, graphically at the very least uh, cutting edge. It is the best-looking game that is on the market as far as looks, as far as motion capture, as far as facial capture. Keanu Reeves is in this game, and he looks just like... It, it's like you're staring right at him. Um, <laughs> uh, they That's came out with like a, an expansion just recently called Phantom Liberty, which I think takes everything up to another notch. Idris Elba is in that expansion, and he is wonderful. Um, it, the game is very, very good now. Uh, so if you were ever on the fence of trying it, I remember I got my copy of Cyberpunk from Best Buy. They were like, it was when everything was going on and they were like basically like giving it away. Like I, I paid five bucks for my what? Cyberpunk expansion <laughs> or not expansion, the game. Crazy. Um, and it's very good. Like if you ever thought that that sounded kind of cool, I would 100% give it a try. If you're like a fan of like Blade Runner or like that sort of like sort of future but like, kind of run down city type thing. So cyberpunk. 
Cyberpunk, yeah, if you're a fan of Cyberpunk. <laughs> uh, give it a try. It's really, really, really good. Future. Did you see the commercial for the expansion? What commercial? With Idris Elba? Oh, yeah. It's very funny because he's talking about, you know, he's like in character talking about, you know, when you play the game, this or that. And goes, but just remember, the game is fixed. And it's funny because they fixed the game. <laughs> you know, whoever thought of that was like, yes, this is perfect. We did it, everyone. I also wanted to give you a recommendation just to be on the lookout. Uh, there are two oh. games that are going to be coming out soon. Um, one, Super Mario Wonder. Silk yes. Song. Uh, and that game comes out in like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, if you're a fan of the two day from now, nine days. If you're a fan of the two D Mario's, uh, it's me. Uh, pick I'm, that one I'm up. It looks so good. Also on the exact same day, Spider Man Two comes out, and uh, I will shut myself into a room and do yeah. nothing but play that game until I have completed it. It's so fucked up for them to do that to us. I know. I on know. the same day. I know. Yeah. <laughs> While I'm over here grinding the stupidest fucking fighting game trophies of all time, I'm still not done with Mortal Kombat One. I was. I thought about recommending that, and then I remembered how much grinding I've been doing in that game. And <laughs> now, oh, in the game, got it. Yeah, and in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't recommend going for the platinum trophy in Mortal Kombat because you can't get it yet anyway. Oh, is that another one that you can't oh, get yet? Yes, because they have a trophy for a battle mode that's not in the game. No yeah. one can get the plat. <laughs> wow. That's funny. That's crazy. Apparently it's coming with the next season, which is like 20 days away, but still. It's a little Dang. messed up. I agree. Yeah, I still had to get through Baldur's Gate. Yeah, same. I need to go back to that. Uh, another good recommendation. That game's incredible. Yeah, it's great. That's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so. Patreon.com slash Assembly Required. Come join our Patreon exclusive Discord. We talk all things Marvel. If you want to hear like our first thoughts right as we have them, um, we are always chatting in there right after we've watched the episodes. Um, huge shout out to our Avengers level patrons, Brian, Riley, and Adrian. If you'd like to email the show, you can do so. Assembly required cast at gmail.com. Follow the show on Twitter at assembly cast. Um, you can follow myself at ABC Eduardo one on X, I guess. Danny, are you still on X? <laughs> I am. Are you on X D-Lars right now, Danny? We can That's tell. DLARS 93, right? That's right. Yeah, DLARS93 for, for Danny. The other two, who cares? They're not on mm-hmm. there. Uh, yeah, twitch.tv slash peaches one day. I'm never on there either, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's going to do it for myself, for peaches, for Chris, for Danny. We love you 3,000. Bye, everybody. Excelsior. Bobbly, bobbly. Captain Genocide. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking... What is his? I, it's funny. I, it's going to make me laugh. What was it? I love having the guests on here because I never remember what their sign-off is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always hilarious.
Republicans. I know, but like, who are you? I'm David Pumpkins, man. Okay, yeah, yeah, and David Pumpkins is? His own thing. And the skeletons are? Part of it. Why are, are you a part of this ride? To do this. <laughs> What's my name? David S. Pumpkins! Any questions? Yes! 